Hello and welcome back to the Fantasy Footy Brains podcast. We are in round 18 now. Jeez, it's already so far through the season. I'm here with Josh again. Josh, mate, uh, round 18, I definitely didn't play with a full 17, uh, come round 17, sorry. Um, How did you go? Yeah, back again, mate. I played with 16 and I was kicking myself because I was so close to trade in day for feeder. Um, it was just too many bureaus on a Saturday night for me and the time difference that did me dirty. Um, looked into <laughs> my phone and the game had already started. I had intentions of, of chucking him in for Lukey, but, and now I think I might do it this week. I'm really kind of weighing up trades. Kind of a tricky week this week, but yeah, I was relatively happy how I went last week. I dropped a little bit, but um, yeah, still within striking distance. Yeah, Fafita's come down a little bit in price anyway, considering that 13 he had off the back of the last Origin game and because he was sitting out a a few rounds as well between game one and game two. So he still had a pretty high break even, lost a bit of cash, and his break even this week is 79 as well. So, I mean, could still wait another week and wait till, you know, round 20 and hopefully he'd be a bit cheaper after, after Origin's done and dusted, but... Yeah, he looks like a very enticing buy, just considering how well he's been scoring. He is unreal at the moment. Uh, I played 14 players last round, and I only dropped a couple hundred places, so I am sitting pretty good. Got a full team ready to go, full 13 ready to go for round 19 as well, so I don't think I need to make too many trades, to be honest, until then. Got, uh, got six up my sleeve, and hopefully we'll be able to add those to the eight come round 20. See what happens. That sounds very nice. And sorry, how many trades did you say you had there? Uh, six. Yeah, that's pretty handy. Um, coming into the back end, the business end of the season. And I guess that's some pretty just nice advice to give folks just off the bat. Like if you've got a full team this week and you're low on trades, this is a pretty nice week to just, just hang on to them. Or if you're going to make any, make like a one. I don't think it's a week where you really need to make three. Everyone's teams should be hopefully pretty set. I've seen a few questions with people like, even folks getting rid of like Billy Smith and people like that. I'd be pretty tempted to hold and just see how the landscape shapes up over the next couple of weeks. I think this Origin 3 is going to be a bit of a clusterfuck. Like, I have no clue what squad New South Wales is going to roll out. Are they just going to you know, wipe the slate clean and and start again. Is Freddie going to try and win this last game that hopefully is the last game of his origin coaching career? (laughs) I'm not really sure what's going to happen here, mate. So I um, just have that in the back of my mind and I'm ready for a few curveballs to be thrown our way for for round 18, I think. Yeah, it's going to be really, really interesting that uh, origin selection... It's just you don't know what's going to happen for this last game, considering it's already been lost. Like Queensland have taken it, and yeah, New South Wales. I've I've got a feeling that they're just going to change up a few things. Most likely, Hines comes into the team. Most likely, Campbell Graham comes into the team. There's a few changes in the out um, outside backs as well. Now that Turbo's gone, yeah, it's going to be um, yeah, going to be very interesting. So we'll see how that pans out. But let's not worry about it too much. You're, you're right in the fact that we should just leave leave it be and just wait till next round because. You don't know what's going to happen um, come next week, so best to just leave things as they are and save those trades. But let's get into the team one, list. For sorry, this one week. other thing I just yep. want to add is that the the Flegler injury as well is quite interesting for the for the Maroons and what they're going to do now with their bench makeup. You think Big Red, given his form, is probably um, yep. top candidate to come in. Even like a Hopgood could come in. Um, yeah, it could really screw with us as well. Yeah, we could discuss, you know, the fact that Walsh got his... Uh, he got a three-week suspension as well, so yeah, they're going to have a new fullback. Brimson, Who's maybe. It be? Yeah, exactly. So I think Ponga said he doesn't want it, so, you know, probably Brimson at this stage because he's, you know, the extended bench. But, uh, yeah, let's let's leave the origin discussion till next week, I think. Let's <laughs> let's see how this round uh, pans out first. Um, so let's start with the Sharks taking on the Dragons first. So Bird is out, and there's really no news on why he's out. I think he's just been dropped this week or he's maybe being rested, but I'm not sure why. So Ben Murdoch-Masilla comes in on an edge there. 
Um, we did advise to to hold off on Bird just because he had such a high break even last week and just to see how he goes back from being rested. And luckily we did because he only scored, I think, 29 or something like that. Pretty low score. Um, what would you be saying to Bird owners right now? I would be saying to sell. And I would say if you want a really comprehensive analysis on what he's going through injury-wise, listen to the latest episode of the Magic Sponge podcast because... NRL physio pretty much says stick clear of Jack Bird for the whole season, put a line through him. I think, yeah, even if he comes back and let's say, you know, in a couple of weeks puts a few 40 pluses together, I'm still pretty hesitant. Um, I just think that that knee injury he's got. NRL physio mentioned some kind of like arthritis and kind of lingering issues there that you just like I think are going to hinder him for the rest of the season. Not a doctor, but uh, I would be yeah steering clear of of Bird. Yeah, it's it's a difficult uh, difficult ones to pick in the centres at the moment, especially with Gagai out with his um, what plantar fasciitis I think or something like that he has. So he's going to be out for a couple of weeks. Oh, as well. look at these some big words. Centers. Maybe we are doctors. Um, <laughs> Mate, we'll be taken over from him soon. <laughs> yeah, and our um, physio if you need a special guest. <laughs> Hit us up. Um, but, yeah, there's not really a lot of centers this round, to be honest. Like, Herbie's looking pretty good. Manu, if you've got him, is looking good as well. I don't mind Campbell Graham either, but the fact that he could get picked for Origin 3 puts a bit of dampener on selecting him. So it's a bit bit hard this week, to be honest, in the center world. I agree. Um, I think it's going to be a shit show for the rest of the season, honestly. Like, um, yeah. With Lemuelo going down as well, like there's not really that, you know, classic edge forward that you can just plug into your your center position and get that kind of solid 40 this year, like we've had in previous years with like Aitken and guys like that. Geez, it'd be handy if Johnny Bateman was back to his center edge days. That would be nice as well, but... Yeah, I think at the moment you stick kind of with the pack. I'd be pretty happy if I had Manu as one of my centers. And then personally, I'm still pretty content holding Lemuelo. I know he's going to drop a little bit more cash, but I thought he looked pretty good on the weekend. Uh, Despite, you know, getting a 34, like you might look at that and say, oh, you know, not too great, but like that's kind of what the center position is at the moment. 34 is not a bad score. He's going yeah. to drop a bit more cash, which is the only kind of downside to that. But um, I also think he wins back this this starting spot. Watching them play last week, they looked pretty hopeless in that first half. And then when he came on, I thought they looked a lot better. Not just because of him, but just kind of generally. And when he was playing, I thought he looked pretty good. So... Um, I think Manu, Lamuelu, and then I've also got Tafare and hope he wins this spot as well as my kind of three centers moving forward. Yeah, I picked up Tavare last week as well, just as a, a bit of a risky option because I had a spare spare uh, trade up my sleeve. Um, and, mate, he's he's paid off and he's held his spot uh, over Branko Lee. So, yeah, hoping that he has a few more cash rises in him. And hey, hopefully well, he doesn't when they, spot, when they threw that long ball out to him and he was basically over the line, I was pumped. I was like, let's go. Big Val Meninga crashing over. Not many better yeah. sides. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> really hoping he holds that spot going forward. Uh, any, I, I think that's pretty much it from the Sharks-Dragons games. I was really talking about those back row changes. Um, JDB still holds that lock spot, and because of the injury to Bird, it looks like he's probably going to be playing 80 till the end of the season at lock. So if you don't have JDB, he looks set to be you know scoring 60s for the remainder of the season uh, at the moment. So get on him. I reckon he almost shapes up as a must-have for this next week as well. Like He's going to be a 60-plus score pretty valuable points for that 19 buy. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, moving on to the Cowboys and the Tigers game, a few changes for the Tigers with uh, Stafford Tower moving back to center and Dane Laurie coming in at five, eight and also John Bateman staying in that lock spot with Sean Bloor holding an edge role there as well. A few interesting changes and a couple of players I want to talk about first off Dane Laurie at five, eight. What are your thoughts around him? Dane Laurie at five, eight. 
is interesting. Um, not as a fantasy prospect, but just interesting in life. What's he going to be like? What's his Tigers team going to be like? Um, yeah, I'm not really sure, mate. Maybe he's a potential like draft option or something like that, but he's 507k in fantasy. Don't really think he's much of a 5'8". So, uh, yeah, I'm interested to see how this Tigers team goes for the rest of the year. They're obviously down on troops. But, yeah, I think it could be one-way traffic against uh, for the Cowboys this weekend. Yeah, I think Dane Laurie, he's filled in there a couple times at 5'8", but I don't think he's ever outright started there uh, for, in the NRL anyway um, for the Tigers. So I think it'll be interesting to see how he shapes up there. He's going to be good in attack, but I think in defense it's where he's going to be lacking. So probably one to just keep an eye on, especially, like you said, at 500K. But a, a draft option, definitely, especially for the round 19 uh, by if you can pick up Dane Laurie and play him. If, you're, if your league's running um, games in the buy rounds, then yeah, Dane Laurie's a good option there. And tell, me, tell you what, like, whoever is the Cowboys' second rower who is running at Dan Laurie, you could put a pretty nice anytime try scorer on, I feel like, for them. Or <laughs> they seem, uh, or even fin- or Finifuaki, or however you pronounce his, his surname, coming off the bench. And if he's running at Dan Laurie as well, it's, um, yeah, it could be juicy. Yeah, did he score a try on the weekend as well? Or was that the he week did. before? Yeah, he did looked, score a try. Yeah, okay. Tell you what, they breed those two RFs in, in North Queensland. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's always a new one coming through every year, apparently. Yeah, he looked, looked pretty good. Yeah, absolutely. And what about Sean Bloor as well at the Tigers? Held this edge spot and has played 82 weeks running now. What do you reckon? I reckon I wish I hadn't have sold him when I did. Um, when he wasn't named on the team for about six weeks straight. Now he's yeah. Yeah, he's back in. So I think he's a pretty handy option, especially he'll play this this buy. He's going to make up a bit more cash. He scored like a 70-odd the other week as well, so he's got some big scores yep. in him. I don't think I can go back there. Just personally, he's burnt me a few too many times, and sure enough, as soon as I jump on, he'll... I don't know, do his knee or something and um, <laughs> be out for the rest of the year. And I've blown, you know, two trades again. But I can understand why people are, are going for him for sure. And yeah, should make a decent um, bit more money. So, yeah. Yeah, I could see him getting close to making about, or oh, close to the 600K mark, especially as long as he keeps playing 80 minutes in the back row. Um, got a break even of zero this week. So, if you, I mean, if you have the trades, he's an option to make a bit of cash. But... I mean, if you're low on trade, say you've got like three or four, I wouldn't be wasting one on getting Sean Bloor in um, unless you desperately needed someone for round 19. But I feel like most people have like a Preston, a Hopgood, maybe a Bateman, even a Papali'i at the moment. So you're probably not um, not short of edges, most teams at the moment. But yeah, another option there if you need to make a bit of cash. Here's a question for you, mate. Chucky on the spot. Would you rather your man crush Liam Martin or Sean Bloor? That is a great question. I think Martin is going to be playing... Well, he's going to have Origin, um, and he's going to be splitting time probably with Jamin Salmon over that Origin period. So I still think he's going to be... Well, he's definitely still unders, but I think I wouldn't pick him up till after Origin at this point. So I'd probably go... If I had the trades, I'd pick up Bloor now and then trade him up to Martin post-Origin. Um but I think if you're low on trades, you just wait and pick up Martin in round 20 for the run home. Yeah, I don't mind that. And I think a lot of people, probably in a similar boat to me, running low on trades, I would be resistant of picking up a Sean Bloor just because, like, I think at this point in the season, mid-ranges, yeah, just not really ideal. Like, you want to be going up to a gun or if not, I don't mind an option like cashing out or cashing down to like a Hands or a Simkin, someone like that, who's gonna, you know, give you the flexibility and the money to upgrade elsewhere. Versus like a, yeah, a Sean Bloor, even if he makes like you know another hundred odd k, that's kind of like two trades you got to use if you want to get him up to like a Fafita or something later on. Yeah, you're just wasting trades getting him in and getting him out again, especially if you're just using him as that cash option. Yeah, you're right. 
Uh, righto, moving on to the Broncos and Dolphins game. So plenty of changes here. So Walsh was named at fullback, but now that he's been given that three-week suspension, it'll most likely be Tristan Saylor coming in to take his spot. Also, uh, Flegler and Ricky are both out with foot injuries. So Palacia moves into the front row and Xavier Williamson moves into the back row uh, with Kurt Capel still out as well. So Pia Cora is still listed as a back rower there. A few interesting juniors coming in for the Broncos. Any interest in well, any of them at the moment? I don't mind Piakura as a as a cash hat option. I don't think he's as good as like a hands. Um, and there is, you know, some job security there. Job security issues, I should say. And, you know, doubts whether he plays 80 minutes and can be kind of a viable, you know, fifth, sixth emergency for you. But He's pretty cheap, so I don't hate that as a play. Doesn't play the 19 by, but he's probably the one that interests me the most in this team, I think. Be interesting to see what have they been doing. Now I'm just having a, a brain fade. Tristan Saylor, you'd imagine, comes in for for Reese Walsh, yeah, you think? On, pretty confident. On fullback? Okay. Yep. And I was just seeing some things before. Paddy Carrigan, uh, there's... Maybe we posted this on our story as well, but was training in the RF edge spot. So maybe there's a reshuffle here in this pack, so I'd be kind of keeping an eye on late mail just in case. What about yourself, mate? Any The only one I guess I haven't really looked into too much is this Xavier Williamson or Willison as well, who I haven't heard much about, um, but he's probably another interesting cash, out, cash down option as well. Yeah, I mean, interesting, but I'm probably I'm probably not looking to cash out players yet. I think that's probably going to be some something that I start to do over the run home around, you know, you're around 22, 23. Um, but yeah, just cashing out and losing an emergency spot just because you just, you know, need to make up the cash. It seems a bit early to be doing that yet. Um, but I don't think I'm really interested in any of these Broncos juniors at the moment, other than potentially, you know, trading out a Walsh to upgrade your winger fullbacks or another position. Um, that's the only trade I'd be making if I was a Walsh owner. Yeah, so three three plus weeks uh, and they've got another buy as well later on. Yep. So he's going to miss, what, like four out of the next. Oh, plus he has no 19, so he's going to miss four games between 20 and 27. So he'll miss four out of the next, what, 10 rounds or something like that. One, two, yeah. three, four, five. Yeah, Maybe. four out of the next 10 rounds. There you go. Not good. Not good. Yeah, probably uh, Walsh looks like definitely a, a sell. No, At this point, you'd probably upgrade him. I think he's going to miss five out of the next 10 because he'll miss 19, which won't count as his suspension week. Then he'll miss three. Well, and the then... origin game will count as, as his oh, suspension week. Yeah. Okay, nice. So he already missed 19. He'll miss Origin. So he'll miss 18, he'll miss Origin, and then he'll miss 20. And then he has the bye in round, what was it, 24, 23, 24? Yeah, something, something like that. that. Yeah. Yeah. So still a decent amount of matches. Um, yeah, probably a sell, upgrade him to someone. Well, probably you could even down trade down to like a Tavare or something like that and then upgrade another position elsewhere if you wanted to do a double trade. Prepare yourself for round 19, something like that. That'd be ideal with Walsh. Yeah, I like it. Righto, moving on to the Manly and Roosters game. Uh, plenty of troops returning for the Sea Eagles with Gerbo, Saab, Tulangi, and Burbo. Oh, even Parker returning as well. So plenty of changes there. And Garrick moving to fullback. Uh, for the Roosters, a few outs with Crichton, Egan Butcher, and Tupanua out this week. And Nathan Brown moves in at lock. Radley moves to the back row. And Suali'i comes back into the team from suspension on the wing with Turpin also being named despite having a bit of a rib injury last game as well. So there's a bit of a uh, bit of caution there in Turpin at the moment. Um, plenty of changes for this game, starting with Manly. Any interest in some of these returning players like Gerbo, Saab and Tulangi are probably the bigger names, but I doubt they're going to be any fantasy relevant names. Yeah, I think that's right, mate. And I guess Gerbo is another interesting one. I wonder if he makes this origin selection. 
not really looking at any of these forwards, if I'm honest. And the only one I'm kind of interested in is Garrick in his team, if you don't have him. Yep. He had a really nice game last week at fullback. And we saw, you know, in stages last year when he's when he's back there, you know, base stats, kicking goals, try assists, looks really good. And I think especially if Manly have a few easier matchups, he could be a real beneficiary. And against the Roosters this week, haven't been playing too well. Uh, yeah, quite like him as an option this week. Yeah, Garrick at fullback last year averaged 48. So he's currently around that mark at the moment. And price-wise, he's probably around that mark at the moment. So I think he's still a high-quality buy. Um, he's just probably he's probably just below your pedigree buys, like your, your Latrells and your Edwards and stuff like that. That's the only issue. But still a great option if you picked him up before game two. I think just before or just after game one, people were considering getting Garrick in. So if you have Garrick on your in your team at winger fullback, mate, you, you've got an absolute steal of a player now that Turbo's out. For sure, yeah. You've done very well. Yeah, he's probably the only player I'll look at. I'm thinking more for draft options from this Roosters team. Um, Nathan Brown looks an interesting one now that he's at lock for a little bit. What are your thoughts around him now that Radley's moved to an edge? Is interesting. Um... But, I don't know, he hasn't really lit the world on fire since since being back. He's been kind of just getting in the 30s. Potential that he gets a few more minutes now that, uh, you know, they're a little bit lighter on for, for guys in the middle. But, I don't know, I think at this stage I'm kind of looking towards finals and things like that for draft. The Roosters are getting troops back, like your, um, your Brandon Smiths. Even guys like Angus Crichton and stuff will be back for, for the final. So I think I'm looking elsewhere for, for upside. Yeah, that's fair. I think I'm just dreaming of those days at Parramatta, what, <laughs> like 2019, 2020, when he was playing lock and he was scoring 50-odd every week, playing big minutes there. I don't think that's going to happen over the next week or two. But, you know, maybe he gets a boost of minutes, maybe 50, 60 minutes and scores a few bigger scores. But nothing, yeah, like you said, nothing crazy. Just a bit of a plug-and-play option if you need a mid. I think at the moment in draft. Yeah, it was a real fall off the cliff for him. Like, uh, I don't really understand. Yeah, he was unreal one minute and then, yeah, just like disappeared. He's only 30 years old as well. So, a bit strange. Who knows? Maybe he comes back to form. Yeah, needs a bit more game time, I think, at the moment. Yeah. Uh, that is pretty much it, but I do want to talk about Turpin a little bit more. Obviously, has that rib injury and came off in the Roosters game over the weekend. Uh, what are your thoughts around him? Should we be concerned? It's a bit hard to hard to hold on to him uh, at the moment, considering I think the Roosters played the last game this weekend or the Sun. They definitely played on the Sunday. Um, yeah, it's a bit hard to hold on to him, considering he might not play especially if you need to burn a trade to get him out. What are your, what are your thoughts around Turpin this week? I think he's going to play this week. Um, he doesn't have a rib fracture, is my understanding. So he's got, I guess, more of a rib nickel, um, which I think for, like me nerd- earlier yeah, in the year. for me nerding out and listening to NRL Physio and the Magic Sponge every week, my understanding is that you can usually kind of get like a painkilling injection and play through it. Obviously, you know, he's playing through the middle, so he's like performance and stuff might be a little bit down from where it usually is, but I think most teams probably aren't in the luxury to kind of trade him out. I've been pretty happy with him, honestly, since I've had him. What I'm trying to do with him this week is just have him as my um, one of my emergencies and plug him in. For me, it's going to be dependent on how Buller goes or how Alex Johnson go as to whether he makes it into the team. So if they have good scores, I'll probably bench him. But if not, I'll play him. Yeah, it's just I, I don't, I'm not very optimistic about his chances this week, especially with the rib injury and seeing how Brendan Smith handled that at hooker uh, earlier in the year. I, I agree with you. He's probably a hold and just leave him amongst the emergencies. But for a player that sits in the middle of the field and... His only job, it seems, is to make tackles. It does not bode well for his scores this week, I think. So I wouldn't be relying on Turpin to to smash out a 50 this week if 
um, if you have other options. So, yeah, just keep that in mind. Jake Turpin's built different, mate. He got 68 tackles in round 15. He's a man's a machine. Like I said, he just sits in the middle of the park and makes tackles. tackles. I don't think he had any meters that game either. No kick meters, no running meters, no nothing. That is a bizarre stat line. 68 tackles, (laughs) two miss, nothing else. Yeah, just like a statue in the middle of the field. (laughs) Hey, gets him points. Good option for fantasy. That's fair. Righto, moving on to draft options. Uh, I think we've kind of already touched on a few, but what are your what are your thoughts around draft options this week? So my two guys that I'm kind of really thinking about this week, and I've seen them on waivers in a couple of leagues. The two Cowboys edges, uh, Leilua and Nanai, especially Nanai, I think could be really useful for the run home. They are. Uh, they do play that first. Uh, they do have a buy that first week of finals for most leagues, which is a little bit of a shame, but I think they've just got such big upside. And as I mentioned before, playing against you know teams like the Tigers this week and running a, a Dane Laurie potentially, I think the Cowboys just have like a pretty decent run home. They're hitting form. And I think these two guys will be the beneficiaries. Yeah, that's fair. I was going to say the same thing, but for Leilua, not Nanai. Um, I think Leilua getting 80 minutes week in, week out will now benefit his scores greatly. And especially at 520k, I think, yeah, he's going to be... He could even be a bit of a, a pot option for players if you wanted to pick up an edge that's a bit different from everyone else because I think he's only you know, 1 or 2% owned. Yeah, half a percent. There you go. That's crazy for Leilua. Um yeah, definitely a bit of a pot option in your back row if you if you need someone on the cheap. I like it. Um, for my stashes, mate, I've got one that I've been eyeing off for a little bit. He had a really nice start to the season, but has a calf injury. And my understanding is he's not too far away. And that's Jazz Tavanga from the Warriors. Uh, could be a really nice one kind of back end of the year if he gets those 50 pluses again. I've seen Jaira on a few way on a few free agents as well. I think he's in a kind of similar boat. Could be around that fifty mark come the back end of the season. And then the other one I really like is one from your mates, Dijon Arcy. Looks really good on the weekend. Has the buy this week, so I imagine he's not on too many radars. But I thought he looked really good, and if Parramatta put some big scores on teams like they have done in recent history. I think he could be a real beneficiary of that. Yeah, absolutely. Averaging 45 as well. So yeah, a good, uh, good plug option in your halves. If you need, if you need one, especially, I think a lot of people have some of these other halves that are, are kind of there, but not really like your, your Fogarty's and your, your Whitens, maybe a Cody Walker that have performed some weeks and then bad the next. Um, but yeah, RC seems like he's going to be a consistent 45 plus scorer going forward. So yeah, good shout there. And then mate, for my plug and plays, um, for this week, um, kind of interested. I'm always looking at kind of your, your wing of fullbacks, your, your center options is good matchups. I quite like Daniel Tupo coming off a big score, uh, last week. Also, um, at the top of a lot of waiver lists, Tata Moga coming back against the Sharks. A bit of a harder matchup, but he's had a few really nice games there for the Dragons this season. Could come in and tear up like he has. And um, then lastly, I've seen Alex Johnson on a few waivers as well. Bit of a trickier matchup, I guess, against the Warriors this week, but he's always one that I'm willing to plug and play. Yeah, he hasn't really hit his stride yet, Johnston, has he? He he did have a couple of games where he scored some doubles, but I think, you know, he normally has these games where he, once he has like a big game like that, he goes on a bit of a run and then he's kind of unstoppable. But I think that comes with the Bunnies, you know, being in form. And at the moment, they're just a bit out of form. I think they're really, really needing Latrell back at the moment. Sure, and yeah, Latrell's going to be out for a while. So it's going to be interesting yeah. to see how they click this back end of the season. Yeah, absolutely. Right, let's move on to buy, hold, sells, mate. A few interesting options. I don't have a ton, to be honest, on my list, just because I feel like it's one of those rounds, like we said earlier in the pod, just to 
to kind of set your team and let it be for the for the round and wait till round 19. But uh, what do your buys start off with? I think the one that I'm really considering, talked about it before, but David Fafita looked unreal on the weekend. Um, that 79 break even doesn't scare me too much. I think you could easily hit that this week, the way he's been going or pretty yep. close. So he's the one that I'm really eyeing off. And I think, you know, isn't that highly owned up the top there? If he has a big week, could could see a nice jump for you. Yeah, absolutely. I think Fafita's one of those ones that everyone's kind of looking at. Him and Tino as being those big, powerful um, middle and edge players that just, just plenty of tackle busts, plenty of meters that just, you know, they, you kind of must-haves in your team, kind of like Haas. I feel like everyone's going to need at least Haas or Fafita towards the back end of the season. What would you say to folks that are you know, putting in a Haas this week. Do you like that? If you're, yeah, I don't mind it, but you've, you've just got to know that you're going to not have a player for round, uh, for round 19. Um, I mean, the Broncos had the buy anyway, but you've just got to assume that he's going to be rested as well. Well, not rested, but not get as many minutes the week after. Cause he generally doesn't get as many minutes post origin games. So yeah, as long as you're happy with that and you've got plays to fill in, then yeah. Nothing wrong with going him a bit early. I think both him and Fafita, you can wait till round 20. Um, now they both have high break-evens coming into this round, so it's not an urgent buy this week, I don't think at all. Probably can wait to round 20 to buy either of them. But don't hate it if you need an extra number. Yeah, I like that chart. My kind of theory about it is if you are set in the mid-position, like I think probably a couple of us are, if you've got guys like Tarpany, DeBellin, Tohu Harris, etc., who are going to be a three anyway for that 19 buy. I don't mind bringing in like a Haas, or if you're in the same position with Fafita, you're going to want these guys at the end of the season anyway. Yep. Don't mind kind of getting them in now. But yeah, I think you can also wait. Yeah, as long as your team's set for round 19 and you don't need to worry about it too much, then yeah, feel free to bring in a Fafita or a Haas and just chuck them in your emergencies for round 19. But I think that's the the best thing at the moment is to make sure you've got a set 12 or 13 players for, for round 19 and then any other players that you can get in around that, absolutely fine. What about your holds this week? Yeah, the holds, I think just... I don't know. It is just a tricky week to even... I don't know how we're going to do our buy-hold sell post this week. Yeah. It's um, it's a lot of just... It's just kind of like a holding holding week. Just a holding week. But, um, you know, guys like Hopgood, any of you kind of Parramatta folks, I'd be I'd be holding, I think, knowing that they're going to play this, this buy next week. Yep. Pretty much. I think all Parramatta players uh, are a hold because you got them for the buy. And then I think my oh, one biggest... other, sorry, um, yep. Lemuelu, I think, is one for me as well that I'm happy to hold. Yeah, Lem's a... See, I'm on the opposite side. I think Lemuelu is a sell, but I thought you'd be a, a holder of him. I just think he's made so much cash that it's just slowly going to be bleeding while you hold him for the next two rounds. I just don't see the need to hold on to him at the moment. Yeah, I understand your point, and to be fair, I don't judge anyone who is selling, but I don't know. I'm of the belief that he wins this spot back eventually, so I think he's going to make that cash back up again. And just, as I said at the kind of top, it's the center position just sucks. Like, <laughs> 34 from your center this year, I feel like isn't isn't too bad. Um I mean, and... if you picked up a Panasini at the start of the year or a Timacore or someone like that, some really out there pod that no one would have really predicted, they've done a job this year, to be honest. They've uh, they've gotten you some good scores, been well, outscored their own averages from last year and, yeah, put in a shift, I think, for most players this year. But if you've, yeah, tried to jump between your Lemuelus and your Birds and stuff like that, I feel like you've wasted a lot of trades going back and forward because I know I have between Bird and other centers when I could have just stuck with a Penasini or a Timico or someone like that at the moment. Kind of ruining some of the choices that I've made this year, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think Pong is also another hold that we haven't really talked about. Obviously, only got a 17 on the weekend and 
potentially could be in the running for a game for game three for Origin. I know he said no, but you never you never know with these things. Slater could convince him to come back into the team. Um, but yeah, I'd definitely be holding this round, and I think um, he's going to be playing fullback for the back end of the season as well. I doubt Lockie Miller comes back in. I watched a bit of the the New South Wales Cup game um, that Miller played in on the weekend. It uh, yeah, it wasn't great viewing for him, unfortunately. So, yeah, got a feeling Pong is going to be holding that spot for the back end. I like it, mate. Yeah, I think also has a pretty good matchup this week against the Bulldogs. So, yeah, you'd imagine he bounces back, I think. Yeah, absolutely. What about yourselves this week? Yeah, mate. I honestly don't really have any. Um, I... Besides, like, a couple of guys that are injured, like, I've, you know, if you've got, like, your Lukies and Snipes all around their cells, you've mentioned Lemuelo, happy to hold him. But apart from that, mate, there's nothing, I don't know, that's, like, really screaming out to me as a cell. I guess I'm, am I forgetting any big injuries from, from the last bit? But, um, no, no big injuries, but I think there's a couple of like cheaper options that are probably, you know, definite sells to get out of your team. Like you're, if you're still holding on to, now that Sean O'Sullivan's back, actually, if you're still holding on to an Isaiah Katoa, I'd be getting him out of your team. Uh, if you have a Nick Arima, I'd probably be getting him out of your team as well. Um, they're just going to start dropping cash, so best to get them out sooner rather than later um, because they're still in the team, so they're still going to be getting, you know, probably in the teens in terms of scores going forward. Um Olawapu is probably the biggest one. Oh, Olawapu, yeah. Yeah, I'm questioning. I haven't really got any any news on him, to be honest, about an injury. It just looks like he's been dropped from the team, but I'm not 100% sure. Kind of waiting on more news there, similar to Jack Bird, just waiting on more news to see what the issue is and why they're not in the team this week. But, yeah, he's not not particularly expensive, um, so a bit hard to trade him out, but I'd be looking at him as potentially a sell this week. Um, the only thing that's holding him in my team currently is the fact that he's only 370k, so there's not a lot that I can trade him to, and he does play around 19, so if he does come back in next week, I've got an extra number. So that's the only reason I'll probably hold, but I can see the argument to sell if you need an extra number. Yeah, I like that chat, mate. And I guess I want to circle back because I've forgotten to talk about a few players here, but... We haven't really talked about Jake Simkin, who I'm assuming will be a pretty popular buy this week with that negative 20 break-even. Um, yep. What are your thoughts on him and similarly Brennan Hands for next week? Yeah, so Hands, I think... So Hodgson had neck surgery and he's out for the season, I think, at this point. So Hands will be playing that big-minute hooker role for Parramatta going forward. So expect some cash rises from him. The only issue is he's kind of not a huge scorer anyway. He he scores anywhere between 30 to 50, roughly, um, and it just kind of depends on the game how many points he gets. Uh, Simpkin, he will be out of the team, or back to the bench at least, once Appy's back in round 20, I think the news is. I'm not exactly sure what time. 22, I think it is. 22? Yeah, so I still think if it's 22, then Simpkin's still got plenty of cash to make, and I'd still bring him in this week if you can, because he only played around 50 minutes on the weekend with Talon De Silva on the bench. Yeah. Yeah, can show that he scores points quickly at hooker as well. So I don't mind picking him up, especially at 270k. Yeah, Simpkins a pretty safe buy in my eyes if you don't have him. Plus playing round 19. Yeah, nice, mate. Yeah, I think that we have a couple of questions around him as well, um, but we'll talk about each of those when we get to him. Okay. Sounds good. Righto. Any other, any other buy-hold sales you wanted to talk about? Any other players? Actually, now I'm just looking at the, the who's hot, and there's a couple of guys we haven't talked about. Maybe they come up in the questions, but Sandon Smith from the from the Chooks, also one I'm probably avoiding. I think there was some news that Sam Walker was back at training, so I'm yep. assuming he'll be back for that round 20, or yeah, round 20 matchup that they've got there. And so I'd be avoiding Sandon. Isaiah Papali'i, don't mind him as a buy. He's um, yeah, going to be really handy for that round 19 buy. I still don't think he's... I guess I don't know how, how I rank him. I don't think... I'd prefer 
John Bateman still over over Papali and obviously Hopgood as well. So I, but I don't mind the shout of a of an IPAP. What are your thoughts, mate? Would you be waiting for one of these other guys like a Fafita or a waiting and just getting a a Hopgood, or do you like IPAP yeah. as well? It depends what your edges look like, right? Like if you if you've got Bateman and Preston or a Fafita already, I wouldn't be worrying about Papali'i because you've got enough edge pedigree there. Um, but if you're running short and you're still running with a cheap edge or something like that, say you're playing Lemuelu in your edges or something like that instead of your centers, um, then I'd be you know prioritizing getting in a Papali'i or someone like that at the moment because he's come down a lot in price, Papali'i. So yeah, he's he's still looking a good option in your edge edge spot. I just think there's there's so many be- like better players to be picking up, um, well better scorers anyway to be picking up. But he'll uh, he'll do a job for you in that edge position if you don't have a gun at the moment. Nice mates. Um, the only two I wanted to touch on again: Reese Walsh. We both think he's a sell, and yep. then Fino as well. I think he is. Probably the worst call of mine of the season, or up there. <laughs> there might be there might be a couple of them, but um, yeah, he's not even oh, in this yeah. team anymore. So I think it's pretty safe to get rid of him. Yeah, <laughs> yep, absolutely. Samuel, surprising. Let me have that one. So that's uh, yeah. I didn't bring it up, mate. I, I let you come to that conclusion <laughs> yourself, but uh, I I did think it when I saw he was completely cut from the team. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I mean, he was good. If you picked him up like when he first came into the team, um, the starting team, I think that was around game one, like around 12 or 13 or something like that. He made a bit of cash for you, but yeah, he's, since then he's come to be come full circle and he's back out of the squad. So yeah, unlucky with him. Righto. Let's move on to some fan questions to wrap up the pod today. First question from... Uh, oh, well, okay, we've kind of touched on this, but first question from Louis is Lemuelu a trade out? Yeah, I've covered this. I think hold, you think so. Yep, pretty much. Uh, question from Bradley keep Ben Hunt or move him on for DCE? Oh, geez, I have not thought about Ben Hunt in, in this sense. I'm there's still no word on if he's gonna spend the rest of the season there, right? Yeah, they told uh, him that he isn't allowed to get an early release, though, twice now. So uh, probably not going anywhere, but I doubt that he's going to be, you know, like, an why? absolute gun the back end of the year. They're coming last. Who cares? <laughs> Let him go. Yeah. We kind of touched on this at the top of last episode as well, the fact that, like, they're not getting... Like, they may as well now move to the future and move towards Jaden Sullivan and Talatau Monet. And just play out the rest of the season. Let them, you know, build a bit of bit of combinations. Even if they're going to be losing every game, I mean, it's better than you know playing with a Ben Hunt that wants to leave at this point. Yeah, so dumb. Uh, I don't know if you've got Ben Hunt. I guess I'd be holding him, uh, and then I guess maybe reassessing after the buy period. But you probably got him as like a pod. He seems, you know, he's still doing all right. He came off with a thirty last week. But he's kind of like historically had a couple of low scores in him, but then he's got a couple of big ones in him as well. So I think that's just part of the course for Ben Hunt. Yeah, I think um, I think Manly have a decent run home post-Origin. Um, well, even from now, they only play three top eight squads um, in their run home. So I, I don't mind going Hunt to DCE, to be honest, especially DCE is only at 700k at the moment, which is... Like, very unders what he's capable of. So, yeah, DCE, I don't mind that trade-off from a hunt to a DCE. Get around it. Uh, question from Kirsty. Uh, Lemuelu to Graham, is that a good option to trade? I would be waiting, I think, just because I... Hmm, I'm not sure how much of a percentage I feel, but I'm decently confident that... Campbell Graham plays center for the Blues. Uh, so I assume there's probably some kind of, you know, round 19 uh, logic behind that decision of trading in Campbell Graham. So I'd be kind of waiting and holding on to Lemuelu for 19 and then maybe making a switch then. 
Yeah, I, I agree that Lem's a sell, but I think to Graham at this point in time with Origin 3 around the corner is a bit risky. If you need to sell him, I'd go to a different center. Um, I like Herbie, but he's very overpriced at the moment and there's not really many other centers. But yeah, I just I can't trust that Graham's not going to get selected. So yeah, probably one to avoid for now. Uh, question from Jacinta. Is Oluwapu a sell and is he out for a while? Jacinta, your guess is as good as ours. Um, pretty much. Look, at that price, he's pretty cheap. I don't think he's an immediate sell by any stretch. Hopefully you've got enough folks to cover you for this week anyway. But, yeah, I I guess I'd kind of like wait a week, see if we get anything. But... Yeah, it doesn't look good for him. So I think he's probably a sell in the future. Yeah, I think hold this week just because he might be an extra number for you for round 19, but potentially a sell, yeah. Maybe to like a hands next week if there's still nothing on him and it looks like he's just dropped. Yeah, just being like that. Good shout. Yep. Uh, I've got another question here. How can Schuster, Brooks, and DCE be all the same club? Kind of like this question. I think Schuster, he signed a new three-year deal yesterday. And I think the idea is that they move him back to the second row, which will be great for his fantasy prospects next season. And Brooks comes in at 5'8". What are your thoughts around that? Anthony Seaborg blowing up the club. Love to see it. (laughs) Um, So they just bought Jake Arthur as well from Parramatta, assuming he's probably now just a backup, to be honest, with all the halves that are there. Yeah, strange. And they... Signed Luke Brooks for a decent amount of money. I think they were like paying around 600k a season, which yep. is probably about I don't know how overs that is, but it seems I think Tigers overs. offered him 550. That's what the Tigers offered him to resign 550k. So I mean, it's probably around what he's worth at this this point in time, considering the Tigers haven't gone anywhere since he's been there. I did see like a maybe it was a Fox Sports article or something, but like. Luke Brooks takes massive pay cut to sign at Seagulls. It's like, yeah, but he was on like a million a season. No one was going to give him that again. <laughs> yeah, I think it was pretty obvious that that was going to be the case. Yeah. <laughs> uh, fair. Uh, another question from Kirsty: Should I get rid of Buller or Tedesco if it means getting in Bateman or Papali'i? That's a very hard one. I'll leave that to you. <laughs> that is a hard one. I don't think so. I think I'd be holding both Buller and Tedesco. Buller, I'm maybe a little bit more... Uh, like I could maybe do a Buller one, a Buller trade to, to those two. But I think my advice for Buller owners is pretty similar to what it was last week. He's so highly owned, I'd just be going with the room and... Um, he's been pretty good, even when the Tigers have looked pretty average. I think he's he's scored pretty solidly. Yep. Everyone kind of has him, so I think you just yeah go with the crowd. Wouldn't be really looking yep. to trade him out. Agreed. I could see more of a Tedesco to a Bateman or a Papali'i, so you get someone for round nineteen. But I think Tedesco is another player you probably want for the run home as well. I feel like every week where we're kind of thinking or saying that the Roosters are going to bounce back eventually and they just haven't, <laughs> we're almost at round 20, you know, <laughs> the back end of the year and the Roosters just haven't performed. I think they've had maybe one or two good games in the last, you know, 20 rounds. It's not, uh, not looking good for the Roosters at the moment. Do they bounce back through this season or are we, or should we just put a line through them at this point? I, I've put a line through them already. I don't think they're going to make the eight. Huge. Yeah, I don't think so either. Honestly, yeah. with the way like Parramatta are playing well, the Raiders are playing well, the Warriors are playing well, Cowboys yeah, exactly. are playing pretty well. So like who are they gonna kick out of this spot? Yep. Yeah, agreed. Uh question from Anna. I have to decide on one for my final team, Tino or Fafita? Fafita. Okay. Righto. Oh, that's a such a hard question because Tino recently has put up some huge scores. Um, yeah, I'd probably go for Feeder as well. <laughs> yeah, for Feeder. I think they just target him more. Tino's just more, you know, meters through the middle, but for Feeder will actually get your tackle bus and more tries and stuff like that. So, yeah, for Feeder. 
I think, yeah, Tino's scores have been huge, but they've also been inflated by tries, which historically he's not known for, and they don't really come to him in... Like, he scores more tries than the average middle forward, but um, I think they're inflated these last couple of weeks. David Fafita has been doing it all season. Yeah, exactly. And is a weapon. Yep. Uh, I just want a simple one or two word, you know, kind of answer for these ones. But um, for these cheap options or these cash cows, uh, do you think it's still worth picking them up now? Or do you think it's been too late and you've missed the boat? So uh, Jake Simpkin. No, not too late. So pick him up. Yep. Uh, Cogger. Too late. Yeah, correct. Um, I mean, you're not... I mean, you know, this maybe. was a quiz. <laughs> Good point. I just think in my eyes, it's uh, a bit too late considering Cleary's what? Round 20, he's probably back. So Cog has got one more game to play. That's pretty much it. Um, Jake Turpin. Too late. And Sandon Smith. Not too late, but it was never right to pick him up. Yeah, I think Sam Walker's just around the corner, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, so what, Jake Simpkin, I guess, is the only one that's, you know, worth a pickup out of those four. Yeah, and even him, like, you know, round 22, Abby probably comes back. Yeah. So, so does have an extended run here, yeah. Yeah. That's still enough to make a decent amount of cash. I mean, a negative 20 break even. He'll make a decent amount of cash in three or four weeks. For sure, yeah. Yeah. And looked good, to be fair, when he, when he played that, that last game. Yeah, correct. And De Silva also looked good off the bench. Just, um, yeah, I'm just not sure he's going to be getting huge minutes considering he's only like 18 years old and coming into this Tigers team for the first time. So especially considering they're near the bottom of the ladder. Uh, yeah. I still think still think Simpkin will get the most minutes, but we'll see how that pans out over the next couple of weeks. Righto. Another week done and dusted, Josh. You beauty. Thanks for listening, everyone. And uh, yeah, good luck. Yeah, see you next round. Thanks for listening to the Footy Brains podcast. Please follow us at Footy Brains Pod on Instagram and Twitter. And if you'd like to further support us in what we do, you can do so through Patreon. All links are in our socials bio or through the link tree in the episode description. Good luck, and we'll see you next week.